everyone, I'm Tony Lontis and this is the Everyday Business Show. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was the question for myself. And it is absolutely possible. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Everyday Business Show. I'm your host, Tony Lantis, and today we have a really amazing woman to talk to you about, and the way that she's developed her business is truly unique. But before we get on with the show, here's what you need to know. If you're watching this live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, please reach out and say hello. All the connection notes, and information about our gorgeous guest today will appear in the show notes or you can reach out to the team on info at tonylontis.com. Now, if you miss any of the Everyday Business Shows or you want to catch up on some of the shows that we've done earlier in the year, don't forget you can watch us on Binge TV Networks USA, Hero Go TV USA and 300 other syndicated TV channels across the US. We're also on YouTube. And you can find the podcast version of the live show on all good podcast venues across the planet. Now, each and every week before we start the show, we do a welcome to country. And it's an important acknowledgement of the special and important role that our Indigenous communities play in the development of our country and our people. So I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging and all Torres Strait and Aboriginal peoples here watching today. Now, the Everyday Business Show is about to introduce Ruth Smith, whose genius zone is aquatic therapy. But here's what you need to know about Ruth first. Ruth was born with water in her veins, or so it seems. As a child, she often wished the gills had been standard issue for humans. Water and Ruth have always had an inseparable connection. And for Ruth's 42 years of teaching and coaching in swimming pools across Australia and overseas, it's been her genius zone. At 14, she became an active Australian surf life-saving club member and the first people, the first professional female beach inspector in New South Wales. Ruth's professional and volunteers, hours were wet and in the water. Early in her career in the disability field, Ruth was fortunate to be introduced to hypnotherapy and the Hollywick method and has had many influential mentors across the life of her career. Water is Ruth's impact vehicle, the medium through which she facilitates transformation of lives, especially for children with intellectual or physical challenges um, 
are her favorite to work with. Recently, getting tongue twisted, recently Ruth's work has been recognized by the national big body, the Australian Aquatic Therapy Industry, with a national award, the 2022 Australian Teacher of Aquatics, Access and Inclusion. It is with great delight that I welcome Ruth Smith to the show. Good morning, Ruth. Hello, Tony. I am really happy to have you here. Not only do I know Ruth, but I know Ruth's husband, Greg, personally, and he is an amazing human. And together, they are one of the most beautiful couples I know. Now, before I start the show, I thought I'd start with Ruth's favorite motivational quote, which is, you grow through what you go through. Now, that has pretty... uh, poignant message for me in this year but Ruth what does that quote mean to you? Well for me it's it's quite simple you know we do have hard it generally relates to hardships I would suggest when you first read that but also in my line of work uh, Mm. I see quite a positive spin as well so we grow through what we go through and on a daily basis when I'm working with um, students with disabilities challenging behaviours It's just so humbling that I'm growing while I'm working with these students. You know, it's not just just the impact that that aquatic therapy has on the child, but on the family as well. So, you know, I'm just growing through the wonderful work that I get to do with these students. Fantastic. Ruth, for the audience who may never have heard of aquatic therapy or um, uh, hydrotherapy, as some people might know it, it's a particular type of therapy. Can you explain what that is for the audience? Sure. So hydrotherapy is definitely um, a wonderful practice and, and it's different and separate to aquatic therapy. Yes. For me, aquatic therapy is a mixture of, say, the physio world, the OT world, and let's say safe propulsion, however Mm -hmm. that may look for Uh it. So we're using uh, different pieces of equipment that you wouldn't normally see in a a usual swimming lesson, strategies and techniques, so that we can understand the behaviour that's in front of us and work with that student with regards to their goals. So it's safe propulsion, but we're also working on proprioception, motor planning, self-regulation, finer gross motor skills, pro-social skills. You know, it just goes on. So there's a lot more going on for the child in aquatic therapy than just swimming. In the water. Yeah, yeah that's right. Ruth, where did the um, this type of therapy originate and when? Do you know the inception of it? To be honest with you, Tony, I'm not really sure, but Mm. for me, I've had a few touch points along my career when I was at at uni, I did sports science thinking I was going to be the next best, you know, sports scientist at the Institute of Sport and I'll be able to make those bodies swim so fast. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, that's where I was headed for sure. But I took an elective and that drew me into working with a physio, a paediatric physiotherapist in the water with students and I just saw a vehicle a medium that I liked so that sat with me then after uni I traveled there was the Hallowick method that you mentioned in my yes 
So that came out of Austria in the beginning, uh, James McMillan. He was an aeronautical engineer and he, oh. he started what back then, the, um, it was a way of teaching handicapped children. That's how mm. old the system is. The terminology, yeah. Right. And uh, anyway, when I was traveling, he had some swimming clubs that were happening in England. So I volunteered. And so it was all about one-on-one -on -one working with handicapped students in the water. Mm. And I got to see and learn more about how the body moves and why it moves in such a way, how the water helps with that. And then coming back to Australia, I worked in the head injury department of a rehab centre. Ah. Yeah. So I got to work with all the disciplines. I was the allied health assistant to the physios, the hydrotherapists, the recreation activity people. Oh all of them mm. so again I saw yeah there's really something in this mm. I did some studies overseas and aquatic therapy is a terminology they use in America yeah. but in translation to Australia it's really hydrotherapy yes name so I've coined the term here in Australia aquatic therapy and for me that's what it means and that's the direction I want it to take yes because it's all to, it's all about the water, isn't it? So so water is like your safe space, but it's about utilizing the water to um, activate changes in that child in a that's, whole range of ways. That's right. And a simple example is the property of hydrostatic pressure. Now, as we know, as you go deeper in the water, the, that pressure you feel it's mm -hmm. uh, it's it gets stronger as we go deeper. As we get older, we seem to lose that sensation for a lot of us. Ah. You know, children will go underwater a lot, but a lot of swim teachers think they're just being naughty, you know, but they're seeking that. It's like a warm hug. They're seeking that pressure on their joints and muscles. It releases the stress hormone so that they can be flooded with a calming hormone. They pop back up out of the water, a little bit more focused, mm -hmm. do a task or a skill. I didn't know that. That is fascinating. So, so I'm a question that's floating through my mind at the moment. Um, you obviously work in warm or warmish water. Is there a difference between cold and water aquatherapy from your experience, Ruth? Um, limited experience in cold water, mm -hmm. but each will stimulate the sensory nervous system. Okay. So I'm after the calming effect. Of warm water. Warm water. Because a lot of students come with anxieties. They're not focused. You know, there's the distraction factor is quite high. So I'm wanting the calmer, warmer water yeah. to assist with that child's development. So the water is 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 part of the, the process in, in number one, firstly, calming them down. And then I'm curious about the impacts of the water on their physicality and on their brain. How does yeah. that work, Ruth? Well, we use things, a piece of equipment called dumbbells that mm -hmm. in hydrotherapy. Uh-huh. But for that piece of equipment, for example, we're wanting to um, have the child push the dumbbell under the water so that you know alternating so that we're talking coordination we're talking increased muscle tone uh -huh. uh, they float in a particular way with this uh, equipment so that their core strength is improving then there's ankle weights and wrist weights so that again the coordination sensory issues are, are being dealt with but 
what we're finding, and I've actually mm. started at the very early stages of a research project to prove <gasps> it. What we're, <laughs> so what we're finding is that students in particular who have come to their aquatic therapy sessions before school, mm. they're a lot more settled. They're a lot more coordinated in their walking or going up and down stairs. They're able to hang on to the monkey bars a lot better because of the fine and gross motor skill development. You know, um, another wonderful example of the aquatic therapy, I was working with a nonverbal boy uh, prior to COVID. He came yeah. in for about six months and his happy place was a big swing that was hung from the fig tree out the front of his house. And so I was only, I he was only doing aquatic therapy. There was no other therapy happening for him because he was only four, quite young. <clears throat> and so we worked together for about six months. Everything was going fine. Then COVID hit. And as we know, everything mm. went pear-shaped. Mm. And his mum had texted me during that time saying, you know, we had to take Sonny's uh, swing down because he kept falling off and it became a danger. So what was happening was his He fine was losing his motor skills. Notice he's fine and gross, but also his core strength to be able to. Mm. And he was only doing aquatic therapy at that point. So, you know, it's it really supports their their body in so yeah. many ways. Ruth, what sort of children do you work with in terms of their disability? So you just spoke about um, the little um, young man. Um, what what other sort of disabilities do they have? that causes them to come to you to work with you? Across quite a range of disabilities, mm. challenging behaviours, actually, Tony. Yeah. So, autistic... so we're talking behaviours as well as physical disabilities. Well, the behaviour has come out of, you know, the label, say, ADHD. Yes. Or, or autism. Yes. The behaviours are coming from their disability. Mm. So cerebral palsy. Yes. Down syndrome. Um, autistic, uh, global uh, global developmental delay, mm -hmm. you know, defiance disorder. Yeah. You know, quite a range. Yeah. And um, I have um, a 42-year-old intellectually disabled man that comes as well and and uh, he's probably, he's the oldest that I would. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I'm guessing with um, the therapy that you do, you get to see change happen in front of your eyes or, or over the process of the therapy. And I'm really curious, Ruth, what are some of the things that have really lit you up? What makes you really, oh, my goodness, they're doing X or Y now, whereas when I met them six months ago, there were, what are some of those things that make you smile the most? Oh, look, it's quite humbling, Tony. Um, yeah. The sessions are one-on-one, -on -one, so it's almost like I'm in a bubble just with this one person. There's nothing else that I um, really focus on. Like it's it's like we're in this uh, our own little world, but yeah. in some ways it's a little selfish that I do this work because I get so much from it. <laughs> I'm so glad you do this work. <laughs> but to answer your question, mm. um, a young lady by the name of Sienna, and I'm sure she doesn't mind me using her name, comes to mind all the mm -hmm. time she's yes been working with her for maybe three and a half years now and she's cerebral palsy non-verbal and uh -huh. close her mouth so it was a bit of a challenge as to know how we could get safe propulsion for sienna and yes 
and it's been determined that she will never be able to close her mouth. So we have to take that into oh, account. Oh, the darling. Totally uncoordinated in the water. She is very clumsy on land. Mm. So over the many, many years, and it only was yesterday, Sienna now propels herself on her back. The only flotation device she has is a noodle under her knees. She did 25 metres yesterday without my help, independently. So we're um, we're encouraging her and lining up to go in the backstroke event at the school carnival next year. <laughs> That's amazing. And so what's the feedback from her family, Ruth? Yeah. What other changes do they see? So that's a massive, massive. that's a massive change for Sienna. Yes. And I'm I'm guessing that brings with it confidence and will you know just all the good things for Sienna. I'm also curious about her family and how that positively impacts her family. Yeah. So they have a swimming pool at home. So they do put floaties and whatnot on Sienna at home, mm-hmm. but they're, um, they're, uh, they can see that mm-hmm. this could be recreation for Sienna down the track so that as she gets older, maybe lives independently, yeah. this is something that she can continue to do and do safely without them having to worry or be there with her, you know, as she gets older and stronger. But I'm thinking of other families. Mm. Like, for example, I work with um, a few people with autism and uh-huh. generally they are attracted to water and they run, you know, if they can. So a family that and siblings who are really directed by the ability of that one in the family you know, once they've been through aquatic therapy for some time, they get the confidence to then accept that backyard barbecue from their friends where there might be a pool. Yeah. So the siblings and the parents can now socialise because everybody's feeling confident that Amazing. Johnny's going to, you know, he's going to jump be in the pool and yeah, and he's gonna be safe in the pool and he can now swim and he can get himself to the side. Mm. So it just opens up their world as well. Fantastic. Ruth, just reflecting back on um, one of the earlier um, conversations we had around um, the brain and neuroplasticity and brain injury, I'm also curious to know how aquatic therapy can help with brain injury recovery and if you've experienced that in your practice. To be honest with you, I haven't. That part of my um, career was many years ago. Yeah. I don't have any that accident victim mm. head acquired. But it would work the same, wouldn't it? In yeah. yeah. Yes, it would. You know, the the coordination mm-hmm. and the um the support of the water helps them move their limbs without um additional stress, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a calming mm-hmm. medium. You know, you, you can't help but feel calm once you enter the water. Mm. I, I Particularly remember- warm water. I, I have a, a love of warm water. Well, actually, um, many, many years ago, there was a father who came to uh, to me and his he had been a doctor and he had generally seen, um, he only worked with um, divers in the Navy who would go onto the ships and clean them or yeah. know, all that sort of stuff. And he was explaining to me that from the moment you wake up and put water across your face, 
to wash your face, your physiology changes right there, just from the splash of water on your face. So imagine what happens when you submerge your whole body in water. Like it'd be, I would love to know and read up on that science. That yes, would- I was just, my brain was going to, I've done um, float tank work a number of times, you know, complete uh, darkness, silence, and it has an amazing impact on me in terms of my mental health and my body, my relaxation, et cetera, et cetera, mm. um, because it is that complete darkness, complete science, complete loss of time. <laughs> there is no sense of time. All you have to do is lie in that that beautiful, warm space, and it mm. is quite incredible, and I didn't give enough credit to the uh, the first time I thought oh, I'm just going to try this and see what happens but then I after doing that session I slept the deepest and the best that I'd slept in many many years so there's those implications of water interaction for people as well yeah. um Ruth I know that you're passionate about um, research, education and how you want to effect change. Can you tell me about what that looks like for you, how you want to effect change in the realm of aquatic therapy and how you'd like that to go out globally? Yeah. So starting at the um, grassroots level, Tony, Mm -hmm. and I'm finding via LinkedIn and Zoom calls all around the world, Swim teachers have a common mantra. They don't feel confident or empowered to work with children with challenging behaviours. And we are across the world seeing an increase of students. Definitely. Traditional lessons. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good quality, mature swim teachers, as well as the young ones coming on board, Mm -hmm. don't feel confident or don't know how to go about it. To work with kids with challenging behaviours. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the students get labelled naughty and, you know, that's that. Mm -hmm. So I want to affect change there with teaching the teachers some strategies and uh, techniques and understanding Mm -hmm. the disability or why the challenge is in front of you, why the behaviour is there in the first place Mm -hmm. and work backwards as to how you can work better with that so Mm -hmm. we can all have a great swimming Yes. So then I want to work through... The ranks go up to the assistant coaches, the head coaches. Mm-hmm. That twenty thirty two, maybe we've got the people that teach coaches. That's right. You know, you know the Paralympic Olympics mm. twenty thirty two. You know, maybe we could have a bigger pool of of swimmers to choose from. Correct. So, and then I want to take it even further, and I would like to see aquatic therapy as either a part of or a full university degree. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's where I'm headed with. So that's what sits behind your your research and your passion for yeah. aquatic therapy is the desire to make sure that every human that is adversely affected by a disability has the option of aquatic therapy to help them live their best life. Absolutely, Tony. So the, I guess there's two things happening for me. There's the, that at the grassroots where people... Mm. You know, our important teachers of swimming need these skills, <clears throat> but then those who want to pursue it, aquatic therapy is another um, arm of what? A, a subspecialty, I guess. 
you know, it could be um, it could be part of a physio degree, an OT. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's um, so that's what excites me at the moment. So mm-hmm. we're at the very early stages of um, a uh, observational research project. Amazing, Ruth! Congratulations. Where do you see yourself in five years' time, Ruth? Um, yeah, good question. I was- <laughs> I'll still be in the industry, maybe not so much mm-hmm. in the water, but I do, I do want to train up other people. I want to yeah. to create a bigger impact mm. with many more people being able to uh, do this work. I'm not quite sure what that looks like or how yeah. I'll get there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I've got another good ten years in me to get this oh, at work. least. <laughs> At least. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing in five years' time, and, again, mm. I don't know which way, I would love to see a purpose-built pool where, you know, you've got sensory rooms, you've got rooms, yes. all in the one complex. You've got a climbing wall that comes out of a, a you know, purpose-built pool mm. or um, kids with challenging behaviours. Definitely. Uh, you know, I can see that doesn't sound very inclusive but I think there's um there's a place for that absolutely I actually think that that the way that you include these very special children is to give them specialist therapy mm. that helps them be part of the rest of the world and if that means a standalone facility then so be it mm. you know yeah look that's that's on my wish list (laughs) yeah I'm just thinking that there's so Ruth and I are on um the Gold Coast um northern New South Wales coast of Queensland so we are completely well Australia let's face it is completely surrounded by water so uh, we a lot of us live close to the sea um and close to areas where we've got ready access to water it's a little different for people who are, you know, don't have access to um, the types of pools that Ruth is talking about or the types of facilities that these very special children and adults need. Ruth, I know that you've been talking to lots of people and doing um, lots of podcasts and, and interviews as well. How can people connect with you and ask more questions or help in your research or help in any way? How can they connect? Well, they could connect via um, LinkedIn or um, or straight to my email address. Yeah. Fantastic. And we have Ruth's contact details attached to this interview. Wherever you're watching that, you'll be able to connect with Ruth. Ruth, I'm so glad that I've been able to chat to you today on the Everyday Business Show. And the reason that we do the Everyday Business Show is to talk about the diversity of people's lives and what they do in their daily lives as part of everyday life. And Mm. for you, Ruth, the aquatic therapy is, I can see and feel that wonderful passion in you and the words that you speak around the benefits of aquatic therapy. Um, I know from talking to others about you that this passion is very evident in your life 
And we're incredibly grateful that we get to talk to you and share you with the rest of the world. Ruth Smith, thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Tony. And that, my friends, is your lot for this week. And we will be back again soon with another episode of The Everyday Business Show. Please thank Ruth Smith. Bye for now. to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was a question for myself. And it is absolutely possible. Is that possible? That was a question for myself. And it is absolutely possible. Is that possible? That was a question for